what I know is that there's so much to be appreciating that if I don't allow myself to go there, I'll stay stuck. And that's the last thing, that's the furthest thing away from the inspiration of the vision. Any successful relationship starts with finding your center, the truth at the core of who you are. Only then can you develop the ability to truly connect with someone else. Concentric is about aligning with people who share a common center. This show gives you the tools and the skills to do just that through practical training, real life stories and examples, and in-depth interviews with people who have taken this journey and come out the other side better for it. Welcome to Concentric. We're glad you're here. Welcome to episode 11 of Concentric. Today, Gary and I talk about developing your vision and the importance of that in order to lead others, to influence others. You know, even for ourselves, we need a clear vision of where we're going and why we're doing something to really accomplish any kind of goal in life, right? Well, then when it comes time to getting folks on board (laughs) that you need help from, uh, you're definitely going to be a hundred times more likely to influence them if you have that clearly defined vision. And we sense that, right? We sense that in folks, you know, we've seen those, those people who just believe so strongly in what they're doing that we almost don't even hear the words that they're saying to us. And we're just like, we're there, we're on board, let's do this. And we've been witness to the opposite as well, right? The folks who they're saying all the right things, but I'm just not buying it. I I don't know what it is, but something's off here. And sometimes it's, you know, there's people who are dishonest and they're trying to trick you into something. Sometimes there's that aspect of it. But a lot of times it's just they're not confident in what they're telling you. They they want to believe it, but they don't fully believe it. Or it's vague for them. They have an idea of where they want to go and and what they want you to join them in, but it's not it's not tangible enough for them yet. And having the skills to not only develop that vision and follow through with it, but to communicate that vision is very important. So that's what we really dig into today is developing those skills of defining that vision in order to influence other folks. All right, let's jump in. Welcome to Concentric, everyone. Gary, how is it going? It is so good, Jason. It's so good to be recording again uh, with Concentric and putting out another episode. I'm really excited. Lots of stuff has happened. Um, it's been it's been a great couple weeks, and uh, you're looking good, my friend. So it's really good to see you. Well, thank you so much. Likewise, this is always such a blast. I know you just got back from an amazing cruise, um, but the I, to me the best kind, which is um, a working <laughs> one. Uh, tell 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 everybody about what you had going on there. Yeah, I was I was working um, with a company called uh, CFG Group, and um, amazing group of people. I would have normally never gone on a cruise. Uh, and they had this great idea for team building. And so what they desired to do is spend the three days at sea uh, doing training 
and then the three and a half days in ports doing team building exercises. So um, I they hired me to come in and, and they're so kind and generous to me and so kind of loving and valuing and appreciating. Uh, I, was, I was really touched. And we, it was, I, I realized it was like the first live training I've done for two and a half years. And I, I kind of forgot how much I love to do live trainings, right? So um, we, we were training on the art of leadership and influence. And we had an amazing time. I mean, the feedback that we got on the training was awesome. Everyone was saying it was life-changing. It was information they've never heard before in leadership development or influencing strategies. Uh, so I was teaching a lot of the, uh, the, the techniques of how to influence from the, the collective unconscious of an audience, how to influence from the front of the room and what kind of business applications that actually has. Because you and I both know, um, as taking a leadership position, if you do not how, know how to influence and garner trust, it's very, very difficult to drive a team and to lead a team. So since only about just a very small percentage of our communication is actually what we say, I think it's like 7%. And 38% is our tonality of voice, our pitch, our cadence, um, our volume, our, our, um, our, our distortion in our voice. Uh, then we go to the physiology, which is about 55% of the meaning of our communication. So there's there's a whole series of, of physiological, archetypical body stances and body positions that you can place your, your, your body in as you're delivering that is globally accepted in its meaning. So if you learn how to use your body as an instrument of influence, your voice tonality like a symphony so that the words you speak, which would be tr strategically chosen, you combine all three of those together, you actually have an incredibly influential and powerful presentation. Because most wow. people, we, we know, we've been on, on the phone with folks, and all of a sudden we'll feel a change or um, a, a kind of distortion in their voice. And what, what will happen is we'll know that there's been an emotional shift. There'll be a pause. There'll be an intonation. There'll be a, um, a lowering on a word from like a high pitch to a low pitch. There'll be all these different tonal inflections that we know when those tonal inflections are happening, there's an emotional shift that's going on within the speaker. Um, physiologically uh, as well, you can be watching someone on stage and their message can be incredible, but then you'll notice that for some reason it just doesn't land. Like the words sound right. But you're not like you're not getting it in your heart. You're not getting it in your soul. You're not having it influence you emotionally. And a lot of that has to do with the misalignment of the body with the message because you're not giving a congruent message. So it, it's a very interesting set of information. I was trained in it many, many, many years ago. And I, 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 incorporate that in a lot of the leadership trainings that I do in organizations because without it you do not influence you don't yeah. do you do not influence effectively or sustainably yeah. so that's what we were teaching them and it was it was awesome 
One of the things, however, that I always begin with in that particular training is, is that you can't influence anyone else unless you can influence yourself. So as, as you and I were talking before the show, um, and you said that, you know, you have to be able to influence yourself before you can influence others. And I was like, that is so stone cold true. And that's why, you know, in the relationship course, we always have, you need to work on yourself first in phase one. Secondarily, you have a relationship with someone else. But if you can't get this one piece handled, your own self-leadership, it's pretty impossible to be in a relationship with someone else because we're always then looking for someone to rescue us, someone to jump through our fiery hoops of expectations to actually come to the party. And then when they jump through the hoops just right, we're like, oh, they love me. And then when they don't, oh, they they don't love me. And I'm going to make sure that they know that I'm really pissed off that they're not giving me the kind of love that I want in the hoop that they were supposed to jump through. They didn't jump through. And so therefore, I'm really disappointed. I'm really angry. And I'm just going to be very passive aggressive until I get what I want. This is how most people kind of lead their lives in relationships. Um, for leaders, however, it's like, how do you find your mojo? Like, how do you get the motivation? I was um, I was on a um, a coaching call last night with a CEO of a, a executive search firm, and we were talking. And he goes, "You know, Gary, I'm 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 doing really well. The business is doing great. My teams are doing great." It's just that I feel like I have a faltering motivation. And I was like, I can understand that because it's pretty overwhelming running a business and doing what you're doing, carrying the responsibility that you're carrying. Uh, and plus, you just got over COVID, you know, so it was, it was a big deal. You know, his energy levels were a little low anyways. And I said, well, you know, it's very, very difficult to have motivation if you don't have a vision, a clear, impassioned vision at a higher logical level that is so meaningful and inspiring to you that you know where you're going, why you're going there, and the, the, the positive effect that it will have once you accomplish it. Unless you have a vision that is inspiring to you, it's very difficult to keep your motivation because collecting shiny objects will only take you so far. Reaching a financial goal will only take you so far. Having beautiful cars and beautiful homes or a beautiful body will only take you so far. Because one thing is blindingly evident is that the only constant here is change. The only tool or skill that any of us ever really need to master is the ability to embrace agility and ambiguity. And the better we're able to navigate those roads of, okay, well, here's a big rock in the river of my life. Either I try to flow over it, which creates a lot of turbulence, or try to bump up against it, which also creates a lot of turbulence, or I float around it, which creates no turbulence. The bottom line for all of us, how do we adapt? How do we become that agile individual that can um, dance in the moment with whatever is present for us? And as you and I were, were talking before we got on, on the recording, it really is about that one ability of agility. Oh, that rhymed. But that one ability of agility to actually navigate through life and keep 
a super high priority of peace. So what if your ultimate inspirational vision was to be at peace in every single circumstance that you entered into? What if your ultimate vision was to create and generate that demonstration of peace no matter what within yourself? How many lives do you think you would affect throughout your lifetime? Well, and I think that's that's an interesting point too, because it's also a level of stacking these visions, stacking these intentions in, in a way. So if you've got this big, meaningful vision that's pulling you forward, number one, you need smaller ones along the way a lot of times, right? Because sometimes it's such a long-term vision that it can it can kind of lose the pool in the day to day so have some other ones but then also stacking them in such a way of yes i'm going to have the shiny object or i'm going to reach this milestone but i'm going to do it this way make sure i have fun all along the way or i'm at peace all along the way like you talked about and i think that's that's hugely important but that also um it helps it helps that daily motivation right because it's not i'm going to feel good when <laughs> it's i'm going to feel good all along the way and then oh great i reached my goal yeah one of the things i think is is really important uh, on on a road towards whatever goal we're setting for ourselves whatever vision we have for our lives we have to have goals living well is an absolutely appropriate and great goal i i love to travel I love to drive a nice car. I love to live in a nice house. You know, I like to surround myself with, you know, beauty. Uh, that's my taste anyways. And those are things that are important to me. But that's not the vision for my life. Those are the small goals I meet along the way to keep that sort of joy, happiness, and, and that external stimulus for peace available to me. But, you know, to have that ultimate motivation, that ultimate vision, is one of the ways that we are able to then navigate our life by having a real clearly defined sense of what our big why is. Now, Simon Sinek did a whole bunch of work on the big why. And I think most of his work is absolutely incredible. I just, I kind of love the guy. He's he's really a great consultant. Um, one of the things that I, I do my best to do is to streamline processes. So I just want to share with the group one way to sort of start streamlining, like what your why can be and where you want to go. So one of the ways is to write out about I do blank, whatever that is. I do what I do so that blank. So if you start writing out five to ten I do what I do, like I do what I do in business so that I can blank. And then once you get that blank, like let's say uh, make money. So I make money so that I can, another blank, fill that one in. And then that could be so I could relax more. I, I literally do what I do to relax so that I can and eventually, as you keep answering those questions in sequence, always asking so that I can or so that, what will happen is you start drilling down into what you ultimately are attempting to accomplish in your life. Like for me, 
I just, you know, I have this vision of myself living in Maui, having a lot more tattoos, a few piercings, and um, and being this really old guy, just kind of hanging out, and meditating six hours a day, and watching the sunset every day and the sunrise every morning. Um, that would be awesome for me. That's that's the long term vision. It is a sense of being able to be in a not even a tranquil place, but to be in in a place where I am devoting the last cycles of my life to something higher. And in order to uh, have that accomplished, now I could go there and I could live in a little grass hut or even live in a tent out in the out in the mountains on Makawao and eat, you know, wild guavas and, you know, things like that in the forest. I would like it to be a little bit different than that. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at that's a long-term vision ultimately. How do we get there? So that I can. And so for all of us, write that out. I do what I do so that I can, or I work this so that I can, and then start filling out, take that, whatever that answer was, and they go, I do that so that I can, and you keep drilling down and drilling down and drilling down until you get to where your big why starts to get really clear and revealed. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes doing that allows you to 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 squish that list, right? Because you go, oh, this is ultimately what I want. I, I guess really, I don't even have to do three, four, and five. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this because I think that's the only path to it. Oh, wow. So sometimes that's part of it. And then getting back to kind of what we, we, we started, started with, with talking about influencing others and leading others. That's the, that's the only way to do it, right? Is, is why you're wanting to influence them in the first place or, or to lead them in a certain direction. Obviously, um, you've got to have a reason why you want them to go there. Right. Um, and that, and the clearer that is, the stronger that is, that's one of those nonverbal things that comes out when you see someone on stage or just sitting across from them and they're asking you to do something. When you sense that certainty, here's where we're going. Here's why I'm, you know, we're going there. Even if they don't say it, if they have that certainty and everything's going through that filter, you're much more likely to follow them, agree with them, and go down that path. Absolutely. And I'm, I was just asked, thank you for that, because we're circling back to the influencing training. Because one of the things that um, I always start with is, you know, your values, of course. Who are you? What is your why? Why are you wanting to be able to influence? How do you show up? What's your purpose? All those questions are present at the beginning of the influencing training and the leadership training because, quite frankly, when someone shows up in front of a room and they're in their bodies, they're grounded, they're in their purpose, they are resourced because they have some mental emotional management skills, when all that's there, which is taught in the first section of this training, when all that's present, they get up in front of the room and they have a presence. The last thing that speakers or leaders require, well, I personally, I think when I use the word leader, 
I, I'm, I'm literally referring to everyone, quite frankly, because at some level, everyone is leading in some capacity of their life. If you're a mother or you're a father, you are leading because you're leading your children. If you are a coworker, at some level, there's people that are underneath you, people that are above you, but you're leading yourself, your own mechanism, your own performance, you're leading that. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you want to take a deep dive into the concepts Gary is talking about here and so much more, I've got something for you. From time to time on the show, you may hear us talk about Gary's course, Creating Incredible Relationships. This course is the culmination of Gary's 35 years worth of seminars, one-on-one training, and transforming the lives of over 11,000 people on four different continents. To learn how to build alignment and heck, just get along with others sometimes, we all require skills that are not commonly known and are not out there in the relationship development space. We need help. That's why Gary put this course together. The content in it is powerful and comprehensive, but just like we've done with this show, it's put together in a way that's easily consumable and quickly implemented. To gain the ability to take every relationship you have or want to have to the next level, go to garyscourse.com and see how to get started. Now, back to the show. And we're always influencing in every single group of people we are in. So it becomes really important to understand that when I use the word leader, it, it's, it's a broad-based definition of how we are constantly influencing one another. So this, this whole aspect of being in your center comes from knowing, first of all, what you stand for, what your values are, having a vision for where you're going so that it is inspirational enough for you to take that road and do the actions that are necessary to actually accomplish that vision, which means you set up goals along the way in order for you to get there. Your your values define your mission. Your mission needs to be complementary or in the flow towards the ultimate vision. Oftentimes, mission and vision are very closely linked, but we have to have a vision that inspires us. And if we don't have that, um, I oftentimes say, find out what you really, really want, what you feel like your heart's been longing for, but you haven't yet achieved. One client I was working with um, about a month ago said, I I really want to have a family. And uh, they were having some difficulties. And I, you know, I, this, uh, this is a belief that I hold, you know, if a child's meant to come through you, there's not a force on the planet that's going to keep it from coming through you. There's nothing much more mysterious than, you know, am I feral? Am I not feral? You know, if a kid's really to come through, I've had people that have, have had vasectomies and, and they got pregnant. I'm like, how does that happen? Right. But it happens. So if a child's meant to come through, it'll come through. Now, a team of wild horses can keep that soul from being in your presence as a parent. And if it's not meant to come through, there isn't a force on the planet that can force it to come through. Of course, you do all the things you require to do to make the fertility as rich as it can be, and you take your best shot often. But what I'm suggesting is that when he, when this person got to this place, we said, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I was like, well, then what else could be your vision in that same alignment? How many, how many children are looking for 
fathers and mothers, how many children are starving? How many children literally are living in abject poverty? What if part of your vision was that no matter what, your wealth is going to move towards making that contribution of transforming maybe hundreds of thousands of children's lives? And his, his, his eyes lit up and he was like, yeah, like, yeah, like, of course, that's, that's inspires me. And I'm like, that's the inspiration we're looking for, for the motivation to give the drive, to do the daily grind of what you're doing right now to achieve that goal and to accomplish that vision. There's multiple ways to create the vision. And just because it doesn't show up, because this is where the spiraling down happens. We have this idea of how we want our lives, but our lives oftentimes turn out to be different. Like whatever this force, this creative force is, it will call God, often kind of shows up and like, things are different. You know, here, let's try this merry-go-round, you know? It's different than what we had imagined. And as a consequence, we can be miserable with that difference, or we can be in joy with that difference. We can embrace it, or we can battle against it. I used the metaphor when we were talking before, you know, there's oftentimes boulders in our, in our river of life. We either try to smash up against it and wear it down, or we flow around it. But what action in the moment is going to give you the greatest amount of peace? the greatest amount of being inspired to achieve the vision that you want to achieve. And so it's a choice moment to moment. I, I loved um, what the Hawaiian um, spiritual system says. It says, now is the only moment of power you will ever have. Meaning in this moment, I can choose to either battle against life. I can choose to float down the stream of life, I can choose really any course of action I want by the meaning I'm ascribing to my external experiences. I shared with you that, you know, um, we moved to Arkansas and we moved because we have this, you know, this wonderful 92 year old mom that's got dementia and, um, and we're taking care of her. You know, that, that is a duty as far as I'm concerned that that has to be fulfilled. And, uh, when I was when I was thinking about it, it was like I, I'm I'm living here where I have you know my favorite place on the planet to live is Santa Fe, where I have a house I've, that I'm leasing out right now because I, I the 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 house is too small to accommodate what the circumstances are right now of of my family. So we are we're living here, and I kept thinking I don't want to be here. I really don't want to be here. And then as I, of course, start that narrative, of course, I start going ratcheting down, spiraling a bit. And then I started thinking, this is just ridiculous. I know too much to be doing this to myself. Why don't I reframe this? Why don't I call it something else? I started doing all the hikes and and walks around this particular area that I'm in. Absolutely stunning. Uh, Waterfalls, rivers. Um, and I shared with you, I was walking um, down this path the other day, and I looked up and there was this bald eagle flying above me. And I'm like, this, other than Seattle, this is the only place as far south as I am, 
I've never seen a bald eagle. I've never seen a bald eagle anywhere this far south. And I thought to myself, I'm beginning to love it here. And to be able to start shifting that, not that I'm, I've made these uh, concessions to live in a place that was not my choice. I didn't feel it was. And then as I, I, I adapted, I adapted, I adapted, I began to start seeing, I have to completely shift and appreciate everything about where I am. And then that appreciation, I'm growing to actually really love it. And I'm thinking, well, this is how everything changes. This is how all of us change. It's this process we go through. We face that our world is not looking like we want it to look. And then we have we go into this place of appreciation, of aligning ourselves to, because one of my highest visions is to be at peace, absolute peace. And for me to not practice that process of getting myself there, I would be completely out of alignment with my ultimate vision for the end of my life. And so this little step-by-step process, this opportunity that I've had to be someplace that I wouldn't necessarily choose, but then adapt to it and choose those type of attitudes that are going to actually evolve that deeper sense of peace in me. Um, it's, it's actually been a gift. And I think all these things that most of us go through, it is our adaptation to it, our choice to be in appreciation for wherever we are that brings us down the road, moves the ball down the court to our ultimate inspiring vision for our lives. And that's a, that's a very tangible practical explanation of, you know, when someone tells you, um, well, you, you know, no matter where you are, you just got to start with gratitude and go from there. Um, and, and while there's truth in that, there's okay, but how, (laughs) how do I find that? And I think what you just walked us through was exactly how you find that. Um, it's also a great example of why we do all this inner work, why you go through all of this stuff. It's not because you're never going to hit that boulder going down the river, right? Or, you know, it's because, yeah, it's how you navigate once you do and how quickly you come out of that and how, you know, you don't sit there for six years in Arkansas, miserable and getting worse every day. You, (laughs) you know, you come back the other way and a whole lot faster than if you, didn't have these tools at your disposal. Well, I think I think for all of us, you know, what I'm speaking about is certainly not rocket science, but in the middle of our own stuff. That's why I want to just be completely transparent because, you know, we all think, oh, well, that person doesn't have stuff they have to work through. No, it's just absolutely not true at all. Um, but when we're working through our own stuff, that is where the rubber hits the road that's where we require to bring forward the tools because we're emotionally impacted by these sets of circumstances. And oftentimes when we're, when we have fear or even anger or we're thought possessed by a particular belief system, we're not thinking it's like our frontal lobes start to shut down because our, you know, we're being dumped with cortisol and adrenaline, which does biologically shut down the frontal lobes. So for me, it's like, okay, how do I turn this around and get get where that inspired vision for myself is, collapse time and bring it to me now? Because I absolutely know this one thing. 
is that now is the only moment of power I've got. Either I fall into the pattern of my old habitual outdated thinking, or I shift that pattern to a new way that I create a new neural pathway through emotions, through focus, through habit, so that the, my thoughts, which are electrical charges, will form the habit and flow down the new pattern by habitually moving into that way of thinking. And when I do that, then that becomes me. And this other aspect of me starts to slowly dry up and wither away and turn into a, a thing that I used to do. So this process about, it isn't about, oh, I'm going to make this massive change. No, it's a slow process of conditioning new neural pathways that actually build this new habit through the choice in the moment to be aligned to the inspiration of the vision and make that choice in tiny increments. And one of the ways to get there is be in the moment with gratitude. I started walking around the lakes here going, wow, you know, I love waking up in the morning because I've got a lake outside my backyard. I love waking up in the morning and hear the Canadian geese coming in squawking. That's my alarm clock. I'm like, who gets to have that? And then periodically we'll have a herd of deer walk through the land, like walk through the backyard. And I'm thinking, okay, who gets, to get, who gets to have that? I was driving over to Little Rock the other day and, uh, and I have to drive through this long securitist mountain road. And there was like a whole gaggle of wild turkeys out in this, out in this field with a bunch of horses. And I'm like, okay, who gets to see that? And then when I saw the bald eagle, that was a clincher for me. So what, what I know is that there's so much to be appreciating that if I don't allow myself to go there, I'll stay stuck. And that's the last thing. That's the furthest thing away from the inspiration of the vision. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's, that's so true. And you've given us just a ton of very practical applications of that of this and and lining up with your why and ultimately being able to influence yourself influence others um and one one last wrap-up topic to this topic of influence and vision and everything is that we've done it here today and so often you hear about that big ultimate vision or you know influencing a crowd of people and all of that. But I want to stress the fact that everything we've talked about today also applies in these little micro instances, right? Influencing, you know, yourself <laughs> with habits, influencing someone you're just sitting across from and in this positive way, right? Um, not this manipulative version of, you know, influence that I think our minds go to sometime when we hear that word. Um, but everything that we talk about, when you do it with intention, that influence, that leadership, that buy-in from others can happen so much faster. And, uh, you know, instead of just kind of floating around, you know, like, oh yeah, if this happens, cool. If that happens, cool. You know, we're much more likely to to follow and get on board with someone who was just like, here's where we're going. But again, even in these little bitty, you know, 
moments of going to the grocery store or getting your kids to to help out with this or that, you know? You're fluent, you're influencing all the time. But I, I, I will say this on a on a longer visioned note that I think we're all here and we're all meant to do something only uniquely we can do individually. And that is going to take our own personal alignment. And the more personally aligned you are to your values, your mission, and your vision, making the choice in the moment to build that muscle and that neural pathway of habit that complements or that is an aspect of your vision, the more you do that, the greater influence you're going to have and the closer aligned you're going to be to what you're what you came here to do. You know, I, I've shared with you before, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but I've um, I launched my career in the AIDS community. You know, when AIDS first burst out onto the scene, I sat at the bedsides of more people that have died than I care to count. And the one thing that I um I was witness to was many very beautiful and successful deaths and some that were not. And what I mean by that is that some people left their bodies in the profound sense of peace and surrender. And some people left clawing at the sheets to stay in their bodies terrified. And I I do believe that if And when we build this sense of our own personal alignment, because at the moment of death, you know whether you did what you came here to do or whether you absolutely did not because you were too afraid or too lazy or too not caring or too depressed or too of the other millions of things that I could say that would prevent us from that. But when we make a concerted choice that we're going to align ourselves to the deepest expression of us individually that we can be, be the biggest demonstration of the very best parts of us and choose that in the moment to express that, to give that forward to the people that we have contact with in our lives. That's when we start to build up our own sense of self-worth and our own sense of joy. So my invitation to anyone listening is, um, each one of us are a bit like baby mooses, you know, we're kind of still flailing around on our legs here in the three-dimensional physical world. Um, And this is not necessarily a a blissfully easy ride. It is, uh, there's lots of big boulders in the river, but we can learn to navigate around them. And we can be our, our gloriously fully expressed selves um, in a way that's totally in alignment with who we are and allow each other to do that and be the best we can be as we travel down the roads together. I love that one line from The Course of Miracles that you walk hand in hand into heaven with your brothers and sisters, which simply means you know we can create a sense of acceptance of one another, which is my idea of heaven, uh, where we are not judging, we're not we're not disparaging. We are not uh, separating. We are simply coalescing and creating communities. And that, I think, is a, a worthy task for all of us. Beautiful. I agree. It's been oh. uh, fantastic, Gary. As always, 
But well, I love talking to you, Jason. I love doing <laughs> these these um, these podcasts, and uh, there's much more to come. I mean, literally, there's there's three more podcast conversations just on the influencing strategies that maybe we'll touch on the next time or the time after that. But there's a lot to learn about that, and uh, very happy to to share it. Oh yes, always so fun. Well, until next time, everyone, we'll see you and uh, watch out for your boulders and uh, <laughs> wishing you wishing you all the ability to navigate around those beautifully. Yes, and of course we will. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. See you next time. See you later, buddy. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Concentric. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd certainly like a great review from you on your favorite podcasting platform. But more than that, what really makes a difference to a show like ours is a recommendation to someone who would love this show like you do. Word of mouth referrals to your network and your podcast devouring friends is incredibly helpful to the growth of this show. For episode links and info, go to concentricshow.com. Thank you so much. And remember to keep building alignment to build a better life.